0: Um, the hashtag weird is in is what we're putting on everything because (laughs) baby, let me tell you, weird is in. And if you're listening to podcasts, if you're doing all these things, if you're doing your thing, that makes you weird. And you wear that as a badge of honor. Um, so, you know, just life is what you make of it. Take and make the world that you only, you can make because whatever you've got to offer, nobody else does. And that's what we want to see.
1: I hope you're ready for today's episode of Dead America doing now. Let's get into this. This episode, we have Dan Utt with us. Dan, could you please introduce yourself and let people know just a little bit about you, please?
0: Well, as I introduce myself on my podcast, I'll say this my name is Dan and I am weird. Um, I don't think weird is a bad thing, though. I think, uh, you know, weird's just marching to the beat of a different drum. It's uh, not wanting to fit into the mold that society wants to shove you into. And so uh, my show, The Power of Weird, is all about uh, me out there trying to find people like me, the weirder, the better. Um, And so we do, you know, I'm out there doing my thing, uh, making magic happen, as it were, and, and finding all of these amazing people who for all you know, could be the person next door, you know, as your neighbor or the person standing in front of you in line at the grocery store. And the whole idea is that these people are out there doing amazing things and doing their own thing. And at the end of the day, it's super important for people to realize that you know, everybody—not just these particular people, but everybody—has the potential to be exceptional, and so that's the whole bag behind the show. Um, for me, I'm a freelance brand designer and management coach. I'm also the founder of the Spectrum Perspective uh, Training Program, which is communications training for the modern workplace. Um, my um, whole thing for me is I am an autistic entrepreneur. Um, you know, I've always been weird. I've always been the big kid, the fat kid, all that kind of stuff, and always figured, you know, that's why I was weird. So I always just rolled with it. And it wasn't until my late 20s and early 30s that I started to hear words like uh, autism and spectrum disorder and Asperger's and things like that. And so I've been able to take those unique tools that I have and the very unique perspective that I have and have been able to create my training program and been able to identify the things that are important to me. And through being weird and, you know, kind of leaning into my own weird wiring and all that kind of stuff, um, the power of weird concept has come together and it's all about making people in the world realize that, you know, we might have a lot of things that are different, but, you know, got a lot of things that are the same too. So, you know, that's me. Well,
1: you're a very interesting person, Dan. Uh, (laughs) I love your podcast and it makes you. you reach outside of your norm. And that's what I love about podcasting in general. So what got you into podcasting?
0: Well, uh, some of my folks that I, I look up to that are kind of, say, if I had a, you know, a, a board of directors for Dan's life, that I would definitely put on it. People like Kevin Smith are, are big into the podcasting world. Um, you know, some there's something about being able to express creativity and to be able to be unique and have your own voice and do it in such a way that. You're not dependent on, you know, uh, tons of me from other people. You're not dependent on somebody telling you yes, it's okay to do this. Um, you and it's it's the first. Real medium, along with I would say probably YouTube, that allows people the opportunity directly to be able to bring their story and their content and their opinions and their thoughts to the world without having to have that big financial backing and to have the rubber stamp of somebody else saying, "Oh yeah, okay, we'll do this." And so it it, it caught my attention then, and uh, you know it's something that I've always wanted to kind of dive into, and I didn't feel like I had. Um, you know, if, if I'm going to do something it has got to be done right. And so I didn't feel like I really had the right slant on what to say for a long time. And, uh, you know, and then a few years ago, I had the idea of the power of weird of like, you know, this is perfect. This is who I am. I'm, I'm working with my weird to kind of make my best life. And, you know, let's find other people. Um, a few months after I had the idea and kind of came up with it and did some of the initial branding, my fiance of four and a half years passed away. And so that was kind of a difficult thing that kind of kind of put a lot of things on the back burner and now that you know I'm a few years removed from that and that was a you know difficult experience but it's something where I feel like now um it it now was the time you know the a few months ago whatnot when I actually launched my podcast finally it's you know it's it's time to bring the positive stuff to the world we're in such a difficult place right now especially in the United States and all across the world where it, and there are so many opposing views and people think that everything has to be, uh, you know, one way or another. And, and it's important to be able to, to spread the word about, hey, you can be different. It's okay. <laughs> you know, it's all right to be somebody who's unique and somebody who leans into that weird part of their personality. You don't have to be just. A Republican or just a Democrat or just a conservative or just a liberal or whatever. You can just be you, and that's okay, and we can all appreciate that and respect that. So, uh, you know, i I've, that's kind of what pushed me into finally doing the project. It's, it's, a, it's a passion project, you know. Hopefully it's something I can do professionally for a long time, but it's also something just, you know, I believe in because, again, Nobody has to rubber stamp this. This is Dan and Dan alone, (laughs) you know, making the world a better place, hopefully one listener at a time.
1: That's so true, Dan. And, you know, the world is hurting right now and we need people to speak up. It doesn't matter your opinion. Are you speaking your opinion and are you speaking it properly? That's going to change the world because like you stated, the world is polarized we can definitely change that if we put our hearts and minds to it. Dan, is this your first attempt at podcasting?
0: Um, It is my first and only attempt at the moment, and it will be my uh, perpetual attempt. Um, worst case scenario is it costs me a little bit of money to keep doing and a little bit of time to make happen. So, um, you know, I know some shows, you know, fail, falter, all that kind of stuff. But like I said, this is a labor of love for me. This isn't something where I'm looking at it as pass fail. This is something where I'm looking at, uh, you know, every single opportunity to touch somebody is an opportunity to to make the world a little bit better. And so uh, so it, it's it's my first and last, I will say. Not that I won't do others and that kind of thing, but this is one that's, uh, as long as I'm around, it's going to be happening in some way, way shape, or form.
1: Well, it sounds like you've got the podcasting bug. And believe me, <laughs> once you get that passion and drive, you start inventing stuff. It just starts oh, yeah. flowing. So you, you have a very creative mind, uh, very beautiful eye on detail with, I can tell through your podcast website. It's very important to get yourself set up properly and going in the right direction or a lot of people end up pod fading is what we say in the industry of <laughs> podcasting sure. but what has been the highlight so far for you doing podcasting
0: Um. Well, you know, there's there's a few different things. Um, I, I will say uh, there's there's been one little bit that tickles me every time. Um I send out a, a where well, I used to send it out. It's on my website now when I have a new guest coming on. Um a, a pre-interview questionnaire. It's one of those things that it gives them a feel for kind of what the show's about. And it also gives me some, you know, launching off points, allows me to get to know my guests a little better, even if it's somebody I know well, it still helps to clarify things and all that. And um, one of two of the questions I ask, one is what is your greatest strength? And what is the second one right after that is what is your greatest weakness? And what I am finding very interesting that I did not see coming is that the guests that I'm having on, um, again, mostly you know, creatives in one way or another, people that, um, think outside the box who most people would consider weird. Um, a lot of times the answers to those two questions are the same thing or in roundabout ways they're, they're, they're hitting on the same thing. Um, my very first guest that I ever had was a good friend of mine. His name's Greg Bennett. He is a, uh, a mental health professional, he actually is one of the folks who answers the call if you were to call the suicide uh, national hotline here in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Um, and so he he makes a difference in people's lives literally every day and is a true lifesaver in the true sense of the word. Um, but he also is this, uh, you know, if you were to see him in person, he's, you know, 6'2", big thick guy with tattoos and long black hair and gauges and all this kind of stuff. Um, and you know, he does like a, you know, he like a film scores for indie horror movies, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he's a, uh, what are those things called Rubik's Cube aficionado? He's one of those guys who can solve those real fast and has a ton of those, you know, all this different stuff. And, um, and we were going, you know, he and I know each other from actually working together in mental health. We were colleagues. Um, but you know, the answers to those questions for him, he said, you know, well, my my biggest uh, strength is that I'm not super trusting. <laughs> he's like, I've got to go through and I've got to really do due diligence. If I meet somebody new or whatever, I don't really believe people, you know, with good information all the time. And, um, you know, and he's like, but yeah, but but the flip side of that, he's like, my greatest weakness is I don't trust anybody, man. Like, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and so they've all been different, you know, from person to person, but it's kind of that same story of, People who, you know, lean into their weird, so to speak, they understand that some of the things that may be drawbacks, you know, as far as their lives go or, or, you know, what most people would be consider or what most people would consider a drawback to them, they've found a way very carefully to be able to turn that into a really, really valuable character trait and to turn it into a valuable strength. And uh, that's something that just inspires the crap out of me, man. And that's, uh, you know, more often than not, so far with the people I've interviewed, that seems to be a recurring theme. Um, not necessarily that particular thing, but the uh, but the fact that their strengths and weaknesses, you know, that, that they they're, so tightly bound together, you know? And, uh, it, it's, it's just neat. You know, it's one of those things that I didn't expect. It's definitely, uh, y- you know, you learn with every person that you really sit down and talk to in life, you've learned something new. And that's something that I, again, I didn't see coming at all. I had no clue about with any of these people and has really kind of stuck with me of like, wow, that, that that's cool. We should do some sort of special series on that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, interview style podcasting, when I first started it, boy, the nerves, the shakiness, it it was very terrifying for me because I had a very troubled past with speaking anyway. I don't even like Uh, to speak, you know, so podcasting is not natural for me. I really had to develop skills and it took time, but I started off monologuing. And it, it really helped me develop the trust in my own voice. Sure. And when we develop that skill of just getting on and speaking, like we're having a conversation with mom or dad, you know, Mm -hmm. that really helps our podcasting, but interviewing, like you said, I've learned so many different things from so many amazing people. It really challenges you. And the premise of my podcast, Dead America, that's what we do. We challenge what we already know. We reach sure. out to people that we would not normally talk to. We mm-hmm. talk to people that have unique perspectives. This is a great thing about podcasts. You know, the RSS feed, like you stated earlier, it gives you that mm-hmm. power and right. you control it. Once you figure out the details of podcasting, you can really do some powerful things with it.
0: Sure. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny too, it- You know, I am I just turned 38 a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not super old, but I'm not super young either at this point. But it's interesting for me to think back on the things that have kind of helped me become the person who would be able to do something like this. Um, I even think back to uh, like, you know, I was in commission sales for many years in the wireless industry in my, uh, you know, early and mid 20s. And um, I I remember in sales trainings, they'd sit there and they talk about, uh, for example, you know, when someone comes into your retail establishment, right, um, you know, don't feel bad about asking for the sale for somebody because the, the fact that they came into your environment, they came into your place looking at what you have to offer means that all the background work, the marketing, the um, the money spent to be able to get them in the door has earned you the right to be able to ask for the sale. Not in a mean way, not in an aggressive way, not in a way that makes them feel comfortable but in a way of like this is why i'm here is to be able to help you with this you know do you want to go ahead and and get things started that kind
1: of so true
0: and and so you know i directly relate that to the fact of um uh you know if somebody comes on my show uh you know granted it's all about them that's the whole idea you know the it's i I even say in in the beginning my show is you know um, you know, hopefully I'll learn something about myself and that everybody listening will do the same. And so we talk a little bit about, you know, I'll relate, you know, as you would in a conversation, but it's all about them. But they're in my wheelhouse. They're in my house. You know, they're, they're on my show. They're doing an interview for my show. They're on my platform. They are, um, you know, getting listened to by my listeners. They are you know, they're in, you know, they, they are from one, for one reason or another, um, from what I had to say to them for my relationship with them previously, whatever it is, you know, has brought them to the table to be in my house, you know? And so it's one of those things where they're in my house now. (laughs) And so, you know, regardless of how that ends up, like they're there and they're, we're there to do a job and let's do it, you
1: know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I believe that 100%, Dan, you know, and being a good host, sometimes you just have to do a lot of study work. How much study Mm -hmm. do you do in prepping for your shows?
0: Uh, well, it just depends, you know. Um, some people I know really, really well, so it makes it a little bit easier. Um, some people I don't really know that well. Um, as as the show has continued to grow, I've gotten to interview folks that I actually didn't know previously. Who have, uh, you know, some people have reached out to me um had a really cool conversation with a guy who lives in um texas who's a uh, a brand designer like myself who was releasing a book who's also like a big giant guy like me i'm six seven this guy's six eight um you know and and we didn't know each other he found me and was like dude i love your podcast can i be on i'm like sure yeah <laughs> you <know? laughs> um you know it's one of those um you know, I always, granted, I always ask when anybody ever reaches out to me, I always say like, you know, well, just so you know, this isn't just about plugging whatever you're doing and that kind of thing. It's, it's about examining yourself and talking about your story. Are you comfortable with that? You know, and if somebody, you know, isn't comfortable with, with talking about themselves, then it's not the show for them. You know, it's not, that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, it's just not the show for them. Um, but, you know, it's, it, so I do, I get out there, I try to see what people have going on. Um, I also... You know, try to see kind of what are the obstacles that this person's overcome? What are things that they've been through? What are things that have been formative? You know, what are things that uh, allow them to be the person that they are? What has pushed them into, you know, the path that they're on? Things like that to be able to really understand, um, you know, what road has led them to me you know, and to what they're doing, um, you know, and, and it's one of those things where, of course, everybody's story is different. You know, I uh, I have a friend who I interviewed, who I went to high school with, who um, who now is a uh, art teacher in Thailand at an international school. This guy is as white as they come <laughs> and just a nice, kid, like, a, you know, uh, when, when I knew him in high school, just a skater kid, you know, <laughs> just one of those guys who is always on wheels somewhere. And, uh, you know, he was at Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, His family was pretty low income. So he would stay typically for like short holidays and weekends and stuff like that on campus when most people would leave. And he had bought this like a... couple of dollar hat at a thrift store that, that he was wearing because it was getting cold and 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 this one international student was passing him by because there were basically him and all the international students left on campus just walking around and he said, Oh man, your hat, you know, how you know, that's cool. That's a blah 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 hat. And he's like what he's like oh yeah your hat it's blow um, he's like oh i didn't know i just bought it because i thought it looked neat and the guy's like oh no it's it's uh it's really popular in my country you know like uh, <laughs> i don't remember what country it was but you know somewhere south america like columbia kind of thing and he's like oh okay cool and the and the, the fellow was like you want to come and hang with me and some more international students you know tonight at the you know wherever place we're all getting together and so this kid who is born in Cleveland, Ohio, son of a carpenter, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, that, you know, used to have a hole in the floorboard of his car like the Flintstones, you know. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, he buys a hat at a thrift store and it changes his life forever because it exposes him now to all the to the international community. And so he gets to go and, you know, he saves up all his money, works a ton, gets to travel, gets to go different places, and then he finds himself. Um, with a French girlfriend, of all things, in Thailand, not speaking a word of Thai, um, hired to teach English at a, uh, at, at a school there initially. Um, he has an art degree, but doesn't really know how to teach English. And he turns around and learns, figures out how to teach the, the kids he's working with English and to teach himself Thai through his art for example he would draw a picture of a motorcycle he would draw a motorcycle on the, on the chalkboard and he'd say motorcycle <laughs> and they'd be like motorcycle and he'd say and, and he learned how to say an in, in <laughs> Um and then he would say and tie and they would tell him what what that word was and so he was able to use, You know his art to be able to teach these kids English and for himself to learn, as he calls it, passable Thai. But he's been living there ten years now, and so literally, you know, I wake up first thing in the morning, jump on a call with him, and it's it's late in the evening, you know, for him over there, and you know we're just having a cool conversation. And again, his whole existence now can be chalked up to the fact that you know he was wearing a thrift store hat at MTSU in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Of all places just walking around yeah (laughs) uh,
1: very interesting (laughs) isn't it yeah yeah and and the way we connect is so awesome uh we're finding new ways to connect over the internet and it's it's incredible let's talk about podcasting equipment because a lot of people get hooked up on podcasting equipment Mm -hmm. how do you record your podcast dan
0: well, so for me, um, you—I have a combination of because again, I'm—I'm I'm a brand designer by day, and if folks don't know what that means. That means that I—I um, I, I go to say a new business or you know a small business that's looking to do one thing or another, and I will utilize professional software as well as my own um, technique and experience and that kind of stuff to build anything from logos to vehicle wraps to websites to you know promotional postcards or door hangers or. whatever the case may be, just the whole spectrum of taking whatever ideas they have from concept and taking them to a practical place. And, um, and that includes Again, like figuring out colors and names and uh, you know what fonts we're going to use and how things are going to look, all that kind of stuff. And so to do that, I have to have a relatively good computer because the software required to do it the right way is pretty intensive. And so it requires a lot of resources. Um, so the, to start with, the software is what it's all about. My, um, well, my computer with the software on it, um, I'm very fortunate in the fact that I already have a subscription to what's called Adobe Creative Cloud which includes the whole um, what Adobe used to call a creative suite which includes all sorts of different stuff for design and illustration uh, Photoshop different things like that Um, but it also includes two really helpful programs for podcasting which are Adobe Audition um, which is basically a recording studio program it's kind of the pro tools of the Adobe world and then there's one called um, Adobe Premiere Pro, which is, um, which is what you would do for video content. So even though I'm not doing video podcasts as of yet, I have the ability to be able to go in and do promotional videos and different things like that already with the artwork and all that I have existing, um, and be able to utilize that in a way to, to be able to go for marketing efforts, that kind of thing. So, so I already have the software that I use anyway, as part of that. So I'm very fortunate and I didn't have to go out and try to reinvent the wheel and try to find something new. Um, As far as actual hardware goes, um, at the moment, I actually have... um uh, I, I mean, it's a semi-decent condenser microphone with, you know, set up on a, you know, this, a boom and pop screen, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then it records really well, but it's, it, it, I mean, it's a $50 Amazon USB setup. It's nothing special, you know? Um, And then, so I have that going in direct USB. I've got a, a halfway decent, but still inexpensive, you know, $40 set of Tascam headphones that block out all the rest of the noise and, uh, <laughs> you know allow me to hear really well and then even though it's not the best because i don't control the audio on the other side i i actually utilize zoom which is of course the big software of the last couple years it's uh, the only winner of the pandemic i will say is zoom um but because of my training program that i You know, I do a good bit online (laughs) and I do, uh, you know, video trainings and that kind of stuff remotely. Um, You know, I have a Zoom subscription already, again, where I can do longer calls. I'm not limited to an hour, 50 minutes or whatever it is. I can go for as long as I need to. Um, It records audio, independent tracks um, and video. Um, So I actually can break out. So say if I'm a lot louder or I'm a lot quieter than my guest in a particular interview, I stick each of those tracks separately into Adobe, and um, and then in Audition I can adjust the levels and uh, adjust the, uh, you know, volume and different things like that in there. And um, Adobe's really nice too because it's got a couple of vocal enhancing uh, type little. Uh, plug-in tools that you can use, um, things that'll take out some of the extra, you know, little pops and hisses and that kind of stuff that, say, a pop screen doesn't catch. Um, and, and and it just makes it real easy. Um, it, it, it It's actually really simple to go in, and uh, it, it's, it's pretty neat, I find, because most of my podcasts, I don't really go in and edit for content, per se. You know, when you have ums and you knows and buts yeah. or th- th- that kind of thing some people try to eliminate those and admittedly I'd rather not (laughs) be one of those guys who says a bunch of those or whatever, but it's a situation where, (laughs) you know, we're having a conversation, you know? And, and so I made the choice of like, this is organic in a conversation. I'm going to leave this in. And so when I actually edit my podcast, the only thing I'm actually doing is the occasional bad language that we might take out or, um, the occasional odd, awkward long pauses or say if somebody forgets what they're trying to say and there's and, and they say oh well no here it is you know we might we might skip that um but otherwise it's kind of cool because i just go back and listen to my podcast episode basically for editing <laughs> i'm just balancing everything out so i get to listen you know i, I really wish that counted as a download <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but yeah so so i'm able to do that and it's pretty straightforward again the software does a lot the hardware's not expensive but it does a good job too and zoom actually does a pretty good job I mean, especially the fact that they break up the audio into independent channels where it's not all together and I don't have to go in and split again, say if there's a volume discrepancy where I have to, you know, go in and cut between different little segments. It it makes a big difference. You know, it's not to say that better equipment and that kind of stuff, and especially once we go back to being able to do more in-person stuff, wouldn't be a bad thing, you know, but it's, um, I've heard from quite a few people because, whenever I have, uh, especially someone who's familiar with, you know, professional audio and video on the show, I always say like, please forgive me for my uh, production value early on, especially the first few episodes, because it's getting better every time.
1: That's right. And, <laughs>
0: but, and that's um, important. And,
1: you know, Oh a, yeah, for sure. A lot of people, they get stuck and say, well, I'm not that good. I I'm, I've been podcasting since Oh seven and my audio still sucks at times. <laughs> you know but i'm going to maintain do what i can sometimes sure. you can't control that audio
0: right well and and that's the that's the feedback that i get too is it's like you know the most important thing is the content and yes. the quality you know and and, and i'm a i I'm one of those people who I'm never quite happy enough with the quality (laughs) of stuff. Um, And so I recognize that some of the stuff that I hear is not necessarily stuff that other people hear. And, and also too, that most people are just focused on the content. They're not necessarily going to notice if there's a little slip here or there because they're listening to listen. They're not listening to critique, you know, and if they are listening to critique, whatever, I know that I've got issues and I'm working on them, but I feel like the content is real and the content is good and, and it's unique again, with every single person I talk to, we learn more and more. And, and it's this wide world that we're getting exposed to. And, and you know, that, that that's what it's all about. The content is there. Um, I will say as far as, um, you know, not hardware specifically, but when if you talk about podcasting tools, something that I really believe in, regardless of what you're doing, is really to be branded up well and to really make sure that You are presenting yourself on all fronts, how you want to be perceived. Um, Because if somebody just gets to see a sticker for your show, you want it to be, you want it to be memorable enough that they're going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 I remember that, (laughs) you know,
1: that's very true. Yeah. uh, And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on that note, Dan, the sticker or my logo that I have for dead America, it was Uh designed around that very idea it's gonna sure. make people go what <laughs> so right right that's very important and you as a design person you know this so correct you were before we started recording you told me about a unique thing about a window wrap <laughs> i i yeah, find well, this so... fascinating tell people about well, so
0: um it. In my, in my world of design stuff, um, I've gotten exposed to a lot of cool things that I never thought I would be exposed to. Um, a good friend of mine, who I'm actually working on creating a podcast around him as well, which I'll touch on in a minute, um, but he is uh, what I call a blue-collar entrepreneur, a BCE He's somebody who's a second generation, actually. He he knows vehicles inside and out. And, and, and initially when he started his business, he was doing um, like automotive trim, that kind of stuff, like leather interiors, uh, uh, you know, wheels and tires, lift kits, this kind of stuff. And then he got into... Uh, you know, like dealerships that he worked with, he's one of the primary resources for any car dealership in the Nashville area, which is pretty cool. Um, but dealerships would be like, hey, can you throw some racing stripes on this charger <laughs> or whatever the case may be? And so he started getting into vinyl graphics that way. And eventually he realized, like, I like this better than the other stuff. <laughs> and so um, he and I met when he was first getting into uh, what we call fleet graphics, which is taking a business's branding and their website and phone number and making a cool thing of it to, to to go on a vehicle right so so to do what we call a, a wrap on a vehicle and so um what I never thought I would be doing when I first started down the road of design is like, I never thought I would design like a race car wrap, that kind of stuff. But lo and behold, I've done quite a few now, Uh (laughs) that kind of thing through working with him. And so uh, one of the ideas that I had is, you know, I've got, it's this, uh, it's, it's a little bit older. It's like a 2011, nothing brand new or anything, but really nice um, Chevy avalanche truck sits up nice and high. And, and more often than not um, in my local area anyway. And when I go on trips, you know, I end up in traffic all, kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and, and it occurred to me if I had a QR code on the back of my truck, um, that was big and honking, people would be able to, to use their phone from their driver's seat or passenger seat or whatever in the car and be able to pull up my, podcast and be able to listen to it and so i did up this whole thing we're actually installing it this week it's already printed um it's got all of my branding it says you know the power of weird podcast listen while you drive it's got me uh you know my face which is i'm still hesitant about using my face but it's an authentic (laughs) thing that people like so it's on there and and i literally have the whole right side of the wrap as a qr code it's 24 inches corner to corner and um and you can we've tested it like you can be you know 10 15 feet away from this thing and be able to just bam hit it with your phone That's awesome. and um and it takes you right to my website so we're wrapping the the tailgate on my truck which again is like right on eye level for most cars <laughs> um for for most any vehicle really besides other larger trucks and so if i'm sitting in traffic with somebody you know it almost is a morbid curiosity they're like nah that couldn't really work and then it pops up and they can go listen um, and But the cool part about that, too, is it blends right into, you know, I just launched a few days ago, my um, my all new um, the power of dot com website, which has been another labor of love, let me tell you. <laughs> um, okay. But, you know, where it's um, because I host my podcast through a company called fireside FM, which I'm very happy with. Um, but they provide like a quote unquote, website, right, which is it's not terrible. Um, And actually looks relatively good for and you know, it's part of your subscription. But I was not really happy with um, the overall look and branding and everything else. It's just very cookie cutter, in my opinion. So I wanted to go in and, and you know, because that's what I do, I need to make sure that what I'm doing is standing out as much as possible. And I need to utilize every resource at my disposal to do that. And especially when it only costs Twenty-something dollars a month to be able to have a website on a content management system. I know and can really make look good. It's worth it to me to do that, you know. So mypowerofweird.com. Um, it's designed to be um, something where it's you know it's adaptive. It goes back and forth between whether you've got it on a tablet or on a computer or mobile or whatever. It, it's going to look good. And so when you hit it on your phone, when you hit that QR code on your phone, and it takes you right there, you literally see. Bam, the power of weird. And as soon as you scroll, it goes into a section that's got links and, and it's got visual links, it's got Spotify, it's got Apple. Um, you know, Apple iTunes podcasts. It's got iHeartRadio. It's got, uh, actually, I'm trying to remember all of them right now. Let's see. Oh yeah. It's got Google podcasts and it's got Amazon music podcasts and it's all right there. It's brightly colored on a black background where when you hit that sucker, when you're in traffic, you literally go right past the logo and you can listen. And so it makes it real, real easy and real straightforward and was done intentionally that way. So it would come across that way on mobile. Um, So I'm trying to make sure that all of my different uh, tools that I've built at my disposal are working as efficiently and effectively together as they can, Um, because, you know, if a QR code leads to a crappy looking thing that people can't navigate, (laughs) that doesn't help, (laughs) you know? Um, but literally within five seconds of, you know, they're going to be there and they're going to be into their favorite podcasting app or whatever the case may be to listen. And it's easy on them. And again, you got to remember that there's so much content being generated out there that when you get somebody's attention, it's going to be fleeting and it's going to be for a short time until they get into your content. And if they like your content, then they'll stay. But with the marketing tools and the getting their attention, it's only going to happen for a second. So if you can't convert within a couple of minutes to where they're listening to your show, then there's not really much of a hope, <laughs> you know, like yeah. if you're going to do it, you got to do it right.
1: That's right. And and that's intentional. You correct. are, you are putting value where you intend to be. So correct. you want that on your website. A lot of podcasters, they miss that concept. So having it set up where your podcast, your website, even your mobile app. I have a mobile app sure. uh, for my podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. All of
1: them are these tools to bring new listeners in. Right, And like you stated, if you don't catch it in that fleeting moment, right, you've lost that listener. So it's a unique thing. I I like what you're doing, Dan.
0: Um, well, thank you. I appreciate it.
1: You, you have a very unique thing going on. What part of podcasting do you enjoy the most?
0: You know, that's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, it's hard, right? Because the reason I got into brand design in the first place as a career was that I I left my last nine to five job being totally just done completely with any kind of thing where I had to listen to what somebody else was going to tell me to do all the time when it made zero sense. And so, you know, the brand design thing was something I used to do for fun. You know, I'd be driving down the road and I'd see a business that was, you know, that my God, they need an overhaul, you know, and I go home and, you know, I had the software still, even though I hadn't used it for a few years professionally. And I I'd, I'd do up a brand package for somebody just for the heck of it. And I, you know, I'd leave it sitting on the computer. I mean, what, what does it matter if they get it or not? It was just fun, you know? So, so I can't lie and say that that's not a good time for me, that that process of really creating and engaging and making sure all the little details are right. I mean, that's important. Um, You know, truthfully, though, I think it's not even about the show itself. It's not even the interviewing the people, even though, you know, anybody that's listening out there that's a once or future guest, friend of the show. I love you guys. It's not that I don't like talking to you. Um, It's the feedback that I get from people. Um, A lot of people, you know... Take my first episode, for example, Um, season one, episode one is literally the first installment of a scripted um, style that tells my story. It takes from me being born to uh, when I was roughly 20 years old and going through some pretty traumatic events and just kind of growing up weird and different and, you know, the loss of my dad when I was nine years old um and also some things uh later on that were really traumatic as well i won't go too much into them everybody should definitely go listen it's a um, good episode but you know i i've it, thank you i appreciate it i didn't know if you gotten a chance to listen um sure i do <laughs> it's a uh, um it, it's intense man it it's um, it, it's one of those where, me as a person, I've learned that in order to be able to gain the trust and the understanding and the acceptance of other people, you first must be willing to, kind of bear your soul, as it were, so that um, so that people realize like that you're offering yourself up to be, you're offering your sincerest, most honest self. Um, to everyone to be able to earn that trust and to be able to be given a position of I mean, I wouldn't say authority necessarily, but a position of like respect and, you know, and, and, and trust, I guess is the right word. And so, you know, I really throw it all out there and, um, you know, but some of the feedback I got, man, I, I have people that know me really, really well, um, who have listened like just to that first episode. And granted, I get the feedback as well from the other episodes too, but, you know, I had a friend of mine cr- call me in tears and be like, you know, I just finished listening to this first episode episode and and um they are like uh damn it dan <laughs> i'm like what <laughs> they're like well first off you didn't tell me you were it was gonna make me cry i'm like oh, i'm sorry <laughs> you know like it was i wasn't trying to you know mess anybody up and they're like well that's not the worst part i'm like well what's the worst part they're like you didn't tell me it was gonna make me cry more than once <laughs> you know and, and i'm like i'm sorry you know like that wasn't the idea they're like yeah but man (laughs) they're (laughs) like now you you know when's the next one coming (laughs) yeah you know oh and then it's funny too um when that for that first episode in particular one thing that people got really pissed about because they we'd have the conversation it would go the same way to be like damn it dan you didn't say you're gonna make me cry and again again it went the same way every time you didn't say make me say you're gonna make me cry more than once and then they say, and then why would you leave it there, man? I want to know what happened. <laughs> I'm like, but you know me. They're like, that doesn't matter. I want to know what happened, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know it, Yeah. And, well, and I didn't intend it that way. That was just a good ending place because there's a there's a lot of emotional lead up, you know, as far as the, the story goes. And it's I mean, it's all true, but it's still a story. There's a lot of emotional lead up and impact to what, you know, kind of ends that episode. And and everybody was like, ah, you know, like <laughs> they were like, I haven't it hasn't been this bad since lost, man, what the hell. And, uh, <laughs> you know, which I appreciate, you know, um, but a lot of the feedback that I get from, you know, and not just from people that know me too, you know, they listen to all these different people that I interview and, you know, it, it, the biggest thing that makes a difference is that, uh, or biggest thing for me is that the consistent reaction I get from people is the emotional impact and also the mental impact. it it makes them feel something. It makes them feel something for somebody else. Not necessarily in like a, oh, poor, pitiful, them, let's pat them on the head type of way, but more in a like, I never considered that and how that would feel for that person, that type of person in that situation type of way. And then it also is this thing where then it makes you think, right? Like, because they, you know, we, we all get very stuck in our, little world you know we get stuck in our circumstances and our problems and so when you know first that emotional kind of gut check comes through and then your brain gets turned on to the fact that oh wow this is tough or this was interesting or this was difficult you know that this was something that might not have i i might not know how i would handle that and that situation um actually i interviewed my my aunt if you who is one of my favorite people in the world um who you know not just because she's my aunt and she's my favorite person but also because she is intrinsically weird and interesting as well um you know she's from a little small town in in uh, arkansas and she met my uncle who is my uh, my dad's younger brother's name's my dad's. Uh, my uncle's name is Clinton. He was in the Air Force active duty and they met and, you know, fell in love and had uh, got married and have a blended family. And, you know, but then, uh, you know, we talk all about well, th- let me preface that by saying. My aunt also, you know, went back to school, got her master's degree and is an active nonprofit community leader. And it does a lot, has done a lot of work um, independently in the area they're in now, which is uh, the Ohio Valley area, which has been hit very hard in the opioid epidemic up in, um, you know, northern West Virginia, southern Ohio. Um, But, you know, we talked about being a military spouse. You know, and having to deal with all of the things of, you know, living on base, Um, you know, all the things about, you know, the MPs bringing your kids home because they got into a fight at school or, or, you know, know, all these different things (laughs) And, and also the fact that, you know the servicemen and women, granted, they don't always really know what they're signing up for, but they've got a heck of a lot better idea than say like a spouse would, right? Because they make that decision. They know that they're putting their lives on the line and they make that decision for themselves. But a spouse doesn't really know, especially marrying into something like that. Like you really don't quite know what that situation is going to be. And so you're signing yourself up for a lot, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, my aunt talks about, you know, uh, that she finally stopped speeding because her husband would get in trouble every time she got a ticket on base, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's this whole perspective of <laughs> this is somebody who, this is a position a lot of people are in that a lot of people have to deal with, especially, you know, when a service members deployed, different things like that things that you have to deal with. Um, and, and it's a whole different thing than being just a civilian family, civilian spouse. And you know how that all plays together when you've got three kids running around doing their own things, and all this stuff. And it's a, you know, it's just something that unless you know somebody in that situation that you've really sat down and talked to, or, you know, or you've been in that situation before, you don't necessarily know how that works. And so if you're somebody listening to that interview, that's never had exposure to that, this is a very informative situation. And if you're somebody who has, if you are a military spouse, if you have been or, or anything like that, then, you know, you all of a sudden have somebody who, you know, you're listening to someone who has had that same experience, um, mm. who has been through it, who has persevered and and who shares, you know, some commonality there. So whether you identify with it or you're educated by it, you're getting something out of it. and uh, And it's cool to be able to have that happen for people. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, right, you know, we can put this out there for ourselves, but hopefully, you know, us as hosts and producers and creators, hopefully we're not vain enough to think that people are tuning in, you know, just to be able to hear our voices, you know, (laughs) um, you know, if you want to hear my voice, call my 800 number for my training program and just keep repeating through all the menus. You'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, That's good advice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you really like my voice that much or call me up, let's go to dinner, you know, whatever. But if you're listening to the show, you know, it's not all about me. Like I'm the host. Yeah. And it's my baby and it's my world, but it's all about the people I'm talking to. And really, I do hope that we don't have the vanity where we think people are just tuning in for us. Um, It's about the story of these other people that have been through something or they've learned and that they just are who they are and they are living their life. That's what makes the difference for people. And so, you know, one thing I will say is as a content creator and as somebody who is out there doing it, you know, we've got to learn and got to be able to get out of the way so that our people who, and you know, if we have an interview style show, you know, the people that we're interviewing, you know, we want them to be able to shine. We have to be able to step out of the way, let them do the talking, you know, and, and just keep the conversation moving in such a way that, you know, we're getting to hear what's going on with these other people and that their, their experience, not just ours, their right. experience can make a difference for somebody else.
1: That, that really matters, Dan, you know, and that is so important. I, I listen to a lot of interviewers that, just need to interrupt every three seconds to make you hear their voice, I guess. I don't know. I like to give the floor to the speaker when I interview and Mm -hmm. give them as much of that space as possible. Only cut in when it's really needed. It's a very vital uh, tactic for interviews. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So you do a lot of interviews where do you find your guests,
0: Dan? Well, there's so a lot of, you know, to be honest, my um, my Facebook friends list has been a very good resource to start with. Um, I'm very lucky in that as a creative and as somebody who's always been kind of out there, I know a lot of out there people. (laughs) So, um, so as far as, you know, kind of living their weird, I've been able to find quite a few people that I already know to be able to kind of slide people in. Um, and since then I've also started on, um, I think one of the resources like matchmaker.fm. I found a lot of folks through there. Um, I actually had signed up on there, not really with the intention of getting guests for my show, but for myself, Getting out there and being guests on other people's shows, but I found that a lot of people like what I'm doing, you know, and and it's like, it's really neat in the next couple weeks, I'm doing an interview with uh, with with a strong woman. Uh, like world Strongest Woman type of deal like like uh, with like deadlifting like, like a world record holder champion person who can like deadlift like something like 450 pounds <laughs> which is crazy who reached out yeah. to me um, yeah I know I've got like a, a a thoracic surgeon and author from Australia which is going to be super cool that I'm doing an interview with in a couple weeks um, you know who, who reached out to me um, different places you know I, I've put a couple sponsored posts out on Instagram and Facebook of like um you know the the question is it, it or the graphic says you know who do you know that's weird nominate a guest <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing um so you know it's one of those where i've i've gotten a few people that way um but at this point it's kind of become word of mouth where people are like oh you're doing something cool let's talk to you um but you know mostly again my, my friends have been an invaluable resource i've had so many amazing guests all everything from uh You know, I've got a friend who's a clinical manager for a um, for like a clinical psychology training program that works with practitioners um, to provide continuing education. It's called Psych Hub. Um, But they also have a really cool thing that's called a um, an ally certification where you actually can learn um about, you know, mental illness from a consumer standpoint and be able to be somebody that in a pinch kind of knows what's going on, <laughs> you know, and can yeah. be able to be helpful as opposed to detrimental in situations that might come up. Um, like that was really cool. This is somebody that I was in marching band with in high school, you know, that uh, is somebody who was always the little quiet one, and here she is, you know, taking the world by storm. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and on the flip side of that, I've got a friend who is a um, who grew up Mormon, who is a model of all things. Man, the cheekbones on this whole family, it's not even fair. Um, <laughs> but, you know, big family, grew up Mormon, Um, you know, a couple years older than me in school. Um, I- the reason I know him well actually is because I had a crush on one of his friends at the time. So, uh, and, you know, like in school. So, you know, I would always be hanging around his girl and, you know, and she was one of his buddies. So, uh, but he's a, uh, he is now like a sales director for a big IT startup company in Salt Lake City. He went to Brigham Young University being Mormon. He's a, um, but also a, a model, an actor, and director. He's got a master's degree in directing and he is, he came out as gay um, about 10 years ago to his family um ended up leaving the church as a result. Um, he didn't feel like he could, um, you know, really, you know, he he couldn't balance that equation with how, you know, you know, the things that they were talking and saying. And again, he was brought up in that environment in the Mormon church and again, went to BYU, which is 90%, um, Mormon, you know? And so, uh, you know, and we have a great conversation about that and he's a good guy. He does a lot of good stuff. He's out there changing the world, you know, but again, he's, you know, as far as being the polar opposite from somebody who's a clinical manager for, uh, for a psychology education company. I mean, you know, you've got stuff on both ends of the spectrum. You know, I've got an interview coming up with a friend of mine from high school who um, is an OnlyFans content creator now. Um, you know, I've got another interview. Actually, this this afternoon, I'm doing an interview with a friend of mine from school who um, is a very intelligent kind of quirky guy who is um, part of the polyamorous community in his uh, area where he lives now. And he and his wife are in a polyamorous relationship. And we're going to talk about, you know, not just that, you know, more about him, but also some of the struggles and difficulties they've had with that. So the idea is to be able to find anybody and everybody who does things their own way, man. And you'd be surprised when you look closely, how many of those people there are out there in your own circles.
1: That is very true. And, you know, we need more people doing just that, Dan. Podcasting is one of those things that I think can really reunite the world and bring, A unity back to the picture so i really enjoy it uh i really enjoyed having you on the podcast we had dan the host of the power of weird it's a beautiful podcast full of very intriguing content dan do you have any call to action for our listeners
0: Well, you know, the biggest thing just to remember is that the world is changing really, really fast. And even though you're hearing all of this, he said, she said, big stuff out there in the world where people are just fighting and polarized. The vast majority of us live somewhere in the middle, right? And we're learning as we grow. Um, Quick, 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 quick story. When I first was launching the podcast, my mom, who is 72 years old, you know, was talking to me on the phone and said, well, do you have to call it the power of weird? People are going to think you're calling them weird and they're going to be upset and (laughs) it's mean. I'm like, yeah, but it's not like that anymore, Ma. It's not like that. But on the flip side, I was talking to my nieces um, about it and who, uh, who are like, 13 and 15. And I always get their ages wrong girls. I'm sorry. I apologize. I always do. But you know, when, when I was telling them about it, they are like, Oh, can we be on, can we be guests? Can we be celebrities? We want to be famous and be on the podcast, you know, no worries at all about like, they know they're weird and they like it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so again, we're, we're moving in a way that it's okay to be yourself. Don't listen to what all the news and everything like that is trying to say to polarize everybody just because you're different. That makes it exciting. That means you're not going to be like everybody else and you're going to be able to do what you want to do. Um, The hashtag weird is in is what we're putting on everything because (laughs) baby, let me tell you, weird is in. And if you're listening to podcasts, if you're doing all these things, if you're doing your thing, that makes you weird and you wear that as a badge of honor. Um, So, you know, just Life is what you make of it. Take and make the world that you only you can make because whatever you've got to offer, nobody else does. And that's what we want to see.
1: That's a great philosophy. Dan, how do you want people to reach out to you and get in touch with you?
0: Oh man, there's lots of great ways, but the easiest way is actually just to hit us up on go, you know, check us out on thepowerofweird.com, social media. Um, We do have a a call in telephone number, even though it's not really set up yet. So you, you might get confused when you call it, but that number is 833 R U Weird. So 833 letter R letter U Weird after it. So we do have a phone number that you can call if you've got questions. Also, If you've got somebody who you think is weird, who you want to see featured on the internet, somebody who marches to the beat of the different drum and who really is living their best life because of it, maybe they get noticed for it. Maybe they don't. Or if you think that you're that person, go to thepowerofweird.com, up on the top, click nominate a guest, throw their information on there, and let's get them out to the world. Because, again, that's what it's all about. It's featuring those people and letting everybody in the world know, regardless of how weird you think you are. That we all have the potential to be exceptional.
1: That's great advice. And I do thank you, Dan, for being with us today. And I me. sure hope you enjoy being on NAPOD POMO. Most
0: definitely, man. Thank you for having me. It's been a good time.